It's time. It's time once again to take a journey. So turn on the lights, pull your chair up, get a little closer to the computer, and get ready, because the journey's about to begin. You turn your radio on, and there it is, a faint station wafting in and out of the static of the night. A man named Eric, running a show called The Midnight Cafe, calls to you. The conversation seems strange at first, but as you listen, as his voice fades in and out of the static, you realize this is where you were meant to be. This is what you were meant to listen to. We will take a journey that takes us from the normal, well, all the way through to the paranormal and beyond. We'll talk about the knowns and the unknowns and everything in between. And together, perhaps we'll make a little sense out of this crazy world we all live in. Welcome. Welcome, my friends, to another episode of the Midnight Cafe. I'm your host, Eric, and tonight we go back into the woods. We'll be looking at cryptids around the United States, in the oceans around the world, and maybe we'll take a quick look at the phenomenon known as the Missing 411. I hope you'll stick around for the entire show. And of course, tonight is also a big night. We are giving away a Redicus TR-508 FM transmitter right after the news. I hope everyone is doing well tonight. I know I am. I see a bunch of folks in here, and I'm glad to have you in here. David G., Alex King, 741, good to see you, brother. Wes P's World, Future Shock, Hank, Scooters 55, Burt Allen, my gosh. That's a whole pile of folks in here. As a matter of fact, let me take a second here. Look at that. Things are already working out well. So, uh, yeah, it all it takes. Hey, Jordan B., good to see you, man. Good to see you in for another episode here. So, uh, MHT, hello from West Michigan. Good to see you. Dustin Adams, thank you, my friend. Good to see you. So, look, big night, giving away a radio station. Yeah. And before I move on to anything else, I do want to talk about uh, a couple of things here as far as radio. Uh, Future Shock saying the intro music was sick. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, season 21 got a new soundtrack. So <laughs> there you go. That's new. I came up with that one. Uh, radio stations. I want to talk about that because we are going to be giving away one here in a half hour. But I want to talk to you about this. And that is that we are now on... Uh, let's see if I can get my hands in there. That many. <laughs> <laughs> that many radio stations. Uh, we are on eight radio stations nationwide, and I'm, I'm happy to introduce another radio station on the West Coast, actually, um, in Washington State, and that is 1610, and it goes by The Talker. And he asked me not to say what county he was in or what town he was in uh, because of FCC uh, regulations and stuff. He's maybe not running quite legal power, but he contacted me, and that would be Tim. Tim, thank you very much for joining us. That brings us to eight stations across the United States that carry the Midnight Cafe on our little Midnight Network here. Beautiful, isn't it? Just a community radio network. And hopefully uh, the winner of the radio will make it to number nine and uh, will choose to carry the show or the reruns anyway. <laughs> but I uh, hope everyone's doing well tonight. Jordan B., MHT, Dustin Adams, Future Shock, Brian Angel, holy cow, all the way from Louisiana, and uh, New Hampshire and Michigan. Gosh, we're from everywhere. It's been an interesting couple of weeks. Um, there are some things we're not going to talk about tonight. I'll let you guess what those are. 
and uh, we'll go from there. But I do have some cool stuff in the news that I wanted to talk about. Mostly, this is kind of unusual, uh, military-related stuff, some some interesting technological advances. Uh, and I'm going to start with this picture right here, which I want to pull up. And this is news breaking officially, which means this has probably been in production for some time, or at least in pre-production. This is a artist rendition of the military's sixth generation uh, stealth fighter. And so uh, we don't cover a lot of military news here on, on the Midnight Cafe, but I thought this was worth noting, as you can see from this. The flying wing is pretty much what we're looking at. Obviously a very aerodynamic setup. And, uh, you know, the, the theory goes, and, and it's not really theory, it's, it's pretty much fact. Every piece of technology that we know that our military is, uh, you know, currently using or working on is usually about one generation actually behind the tech that we have. And, you know, Skunk Works, Area 51, those kind of places. This is where these, these neat toys get built. This is where these ideas come from. And so really cool to see, uh, to see a rendition, to see an official announcement from the Air Force and from the military here in the United States that they do have some new tech they're going to be uh, unleashing on the world here shortly. And, and I, I can't wait to see one of these babies in flight. You know, the, uh, what is it, the FA-117, the original stealth fighter, is is old. <laughs> I mean, it is old. Uh, but an incredibly awesome piece of equipment for its time. I think they actually have taken them out of service. They're so old now. But they have the F-22 Raptor, which is also stealth capable. And, uh, the, you know, but they've had some issues with, what is it, the F-35 having all kinds of issues. So let's hope that whatever this becomes, this sixth generation fighter, that uh, that this becomes, uh, you know, the mainstay of our, our Air Force, our modern Air Force. Certainly looks almost alien, doesn't it, folks? I mean, it's just got a, for those listening on the radio, obviously I'll put these pictures up on the website later on, but wedge-shaped, wing-shaped, uh, and obviously probably completely uh, piloted AI-wise. I'm sure there's a pilot in there, but the pilot controls the computer, the computer controls the, the plane. And that's that's not new tech, that's technology that the F-117 had. So um, these vehicles become more harder, uh, harder and harder to, to, to pilot. So they need all the assistance they can get from AI. Pretty wild, isn't it? Bert Allen, hi from Maine. Good to have you in here. Uh, greetings from Athens, Joy and a River Rider. Good to see you. Patrick, sorry you're a little late. No problem, my friend. Hello from Kentucky. Looks like a shark tooth. Yes, you are correct, Jordan B. I would agree with that 100%. That thing, it does look like a shark's tooth. And I bet it bites like one, too. So uh, can't wait to see what comes up there. I, you know, the thing I, I was wondering, taking a look at this picture, and maybe we could just dwell on this for a moment longer, is payload capacity for, like, you know, you look at your the aircraft that I grew up with and uh, your, your missile payload, your weapons payload hung off the bottom of those planes. But that would make it then visible to radar, I would imagine. So these these have to be able to hide their payload internally in the fuselage. And so I'm sure that that limits the payload somewhat. But uh, pretty darn cool. Pretty cool. Uh, let me take one look here. I'm going to move on to the next story. I'm just, I don't have, I want to make sure that, yeah, looks like we still got a good stream going. Got about 22 people in here. That's great to hear. I'm glad to see. Hopefully we get some new folks here with the radio giveaway. Usually uh, every year when we do that, that. That tends to um, that tends to kick up the uh, <laughs> the interest in the midnight cafe a little bit, at least for a little while anyway. Dustin, no, we're gonna do it probably right around seven. As soon as I'm done with the news, my friend, we'll go to a song, come back, and I'll do the drawing. And so you're you're right on time, Dustin. Don't worry about that. All right, let me get rid of this picture here and uh, pop that one off. And 
I want to show you this one. And this one's made the rounds for many years. These are actually somewhat older photographs. And uh, let's see here. We got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask the uh, the the peanut gallery. I'm gonna ask the audience. What do you think? What are we looking at here? MHT die enter. As far as I know, how do I? How do I? If you left a comment on that video, MHT, you are you are entered. And of course, it's too late now because we we printed it out actually. So here's the process of how this works. I printed out all. I think there were 416 entries. That's pretty awesome. That's a lot of interest in a radio station. And some of y'all had some really great reason uh, why you wanted to have your own radio station, and I kind of thought that was pretty cool. Obviously, that was not a um, that was not a a requirement to to you know to get the radio station, but some of y'all had some pretty cool ones, man. So appreciate that. But what we did is we printed those out. My wife uh, <laughs> sat there with a pair of clippers and clipped them all, clip, 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 and now got a pile here. We went through that. We narrowed it down to about forty by just stirring the pile and randomly putting about 40 of them right here in the old Farpoint Farms mug. And uh, as soon as the news is over with, uh, we'll be we'll be pulling one out. And so I see some of your names are on there. I remember Mr. Uh, Servant, Chris, your, your name was definitely in that list there somewhere. <laughs> Several of you. So anyway, uh, uh, Alex King saying, saw that in person. Bert Allen's commenting, it's a UFO. Uh, Jordan B's got it right. It's an infrared photo of a personal pepperoni pizza slice, no doubt. No, no. Future Sox saying the stream is dropping. I hope not, guys. Gosh, please don't tell me I'm having issues. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Tell me I'm not. Yeah, the stream dropped out here, but that's okay. Hopefully it comes back for y'all. Anyway, I'm going to keep rolling because obviously the uh, it's recording on my end. So here we go. This is actually a, um, a, a government plane that they've also. This is the Astral, I think it's the AC-3. So this has been something that has flown around um, down in the, you know, probably around the world, I would say. But I'm glad to hear it. So 741, Michael Root, Chris, all chiming in streams, going well. So this is actually a military plane that has been not totally declassified. But this is using some pretty interesting future tech. This does not use jet engines. This is not an airfoil. This is this uses something different. And so some of this is still classified. But what the military is now willing to admit is that, yes, this is a U.S. government plane. And this thing usually just kind of hovers. It kind of hangs in the air. It kind of moves along slowly. Um, Alex, you want to, if you have, if you have the ability, you want to type that in, or you could even call. The lines are going to be open tonight for the whole show, because uh, I spent about three hundred bucks on uh, upgraded routers and and all kinds of good stuff. So um, that's uh, that's what I want to see, man. So I, I, we will have things opened up tonight. Uh, yeah. Hey, Timidator, how you doing, man? Good to see you, man. Had to chime in. Well, I appreciate it, man. We're doing a big radio giveaway tonight. So, uh, giving away a radio station. Tim, you ever wanted to have your own radio station? I don't think you entered, but if you're, you're welcome, it's too late now to enter, but, uh, yeah, maybe for next time, it'll give you inspiration to start your own radio station. Community radio is there where it's at, my friend. All this podcast stuff's a fad. It'll never last. <laughs> there we go. Special Ed says UFO. Yeah, man. So, yeah, what we were looking at here is actually a, uh, a U.S. plane. So it's something we've created. They're not really talking about um, you know how it operates, but they are saying, yep, if you see this thing in the sky, please don't shoot at it. <laughs> and don't panic. You're not going to get beamed up and you know called on. I think it's called the AC-3 Astral, A-S-T-R-A-L, I believe it is. Um, and so, yeah, check into that, man. Wes P. saying I'd love to win that radio. Right? I remember your name's on the list, buddy. So anyway, here we go. Uh, that's that. I just really was interested in the fact that that's uh, kind of been 
<clears throat> not declassified, but admitted to. You know how, like, the Navy came out and declassified some pretty interesting UFO information, too, didn't they? So, uh, you know, they said, well, yeah, we have these off-world vehicles uh, that, that aren't, you know, anything that's built by any nation here in, in, in the, our world, and we don't know who pilots it or how it's piloted, but they're here, and here are a couple videos. And they let those slip last year over the summer, or this year over the summer, uh, and, uh, and kind of totally flew under the radar. What a better time to release information that normally would make everyone go, wow, than in the middle of a whole bunch of other major things that make us all go, wow. <laughs> so they slipped that one in there, and I guess this is part of it. It would not surprise me if 50, 60 years down the road, long after I've passed, unfortunately, that we get to know that the technology used in the uh, this, this plane, the wing, or whatever you want to call it, the triangle, the flying pepperoni pizza slice, I kind of dig that. <laughs> so uh, we might find out that this actually does, in fact, have some technology out of some of those off-world crafts because it tends to operate in a similar maneuver, although nowhere near at the speeds that... Uh, <clears throat> this is a pretty slow-flying machine, from my understanding. So let's see here, man. Uh, West PC and Lowell, yeah. Future Shock, wish the FCC would raise the power a little for LPAMs. Yeah, well, you know, so we have... I don't know when the next opening is going to be, but I've actually talked with some lawyers uh, about radio. I've been, I think I'd mentioned this two two shows ago here, uh, maybe the one before the Halloween episode. But um, <clears throat> I've been, I've, I've tried to buy a station for the last two years. I don't care where in the nation it is, but I'm trying to pick up an AM or a low power FM station because there's no permits allowed. I mean, they're not, they don't open up new station findings for. I think it was 2013 was the last time they allowed a station to legally open up on the LPAM or LPFM scale. And then when they do open it up, it's for like schools and, and, uh, and nonprofits, churches, things like that. So even if you wanted to run an old, a community radio station, it had to be a nonprofit, which makes it even more difficult because the expenses involved in setting up a station and getting all the permits and hiring a lawyer and all that. So uh, it's actually cheaper, I believe, in, in, in my part of the world anyway, to try to purchase an existing station and then rebrand re it as whatever you want there. So that's been my plan uh, here. And of course, if they ever do open up another window where they're issuing licenses, it'd be ideal for me to try to purchase a license. But in the meantime, I'm working with the Part 15 system, and uh, and we're starting this little network. I mean, it's it's kind of growing, eight stations. So, you know... Gandhi once said, you got to be the change you wish to see in the world. And I want to see independent uh, news, and I want to see independent radio, and I want to see that community radio come back. And so I'm doing my part to be the change that I want to see in this world. I'm starting those stations. I'm helping other people start those stations. And I'm helping make content to put on those stations. So I think that if you ever sit back on the couch or in your chair at night and you think, man, I wish the world was different, I wish it was like this or that, Go get up, get up right then. Go look in the mirror and point at the guy or gal that actually can make that change happen. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's my rant for that. <clears throat> uh, five five six. Uh, good to see you in here, man. Future Shock saying part fifteen. Yeah, um, hundred milliwatts is nothing. You're right, but you know, for a lot of hams, Future Shock, the the hundred milliwatt limitation is kind of like this this great game you get to play where you're like, how do I get the best range out of this? And and I get a, with the AM station I have, which is 100 milliwatt, and I've stuffed it as high up on the roof as I can. I, I try to keep it as legal as humanly possible with antenna and ground wire lengths and all that stuff. 
Now I can get about a mile, a mile and a quarter with that thing. Back in in flat area, you know, outside of Raleigh, I was getting close to two miles with that Hamilton Range Master. So it certainly is possible to do better. FM I think is actually a little easier to get better range. It's 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 just easier to set up. Period. But your antenna height is obviously more critical, but antenna length is not as critical. So two miles is certainly doable with the station that I'll be giving away tonight if you if you put some effort into it. And I hope whoever wins this thing will. <laughs> so there you go. All right, let me get off of this picture here. And uh, this is kind of our space news. I don't have anything from Elon this week. Uh, SpaceX has been kind of quiet. Elon is sick, apparently, or not sure what he has. He's taken a couple tests and uh, no, no, uh, you know, no real results come back on that yet. So he's a, he's a little I don't know, he's gone crazy for a couple days here, but that's okay. Everyone does that sort of stuff. But this is our space news for the week, and that's this. I don't know who this dude is. I didn't have time to get their names written down before the show. You know, I do have like four other jobs, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, there is a company that is taking uh, three astronauts, private astronauts, and that's the big deal. Private astronauts going on a trip to the ISS. So for the first time ever, the ISS will be manned by one uh person from a space agency. I'm not sure if it's going to be from NASA or from uh, the Russian, uh, you know, Space Force, or I don't know where where that astronaut's going to be, but there are going to be three independent astronauts, three paid private astronauts who will be up on the station, on the ISS, manning the station and doing their own independent work. And I think that's pretty darn cool. Um, you know, obviously governments uh, have their own purpose, have their own what they want to accomplish, what they want to research. But there are a lot of companies out there probably would love to get their hands on a low gra gravity system so they could so they could run their own tests. Maybe they have their own ideas. And of course, innovation is bred from those sort of things. So very cool that uh, the International Space Station Consortium, you know, the countries that have all put huge amounts of resources and, and time in, into building is willing to do this. So good for them. And uh, I look forward to seeing how that plays out. I'm not sure exactly when the launch date is. They just said later in uh, 2021. So not sure the exact time or if they'll be taking SpaceX or Blue Horizons. Who knows what they're going to take up there. But uh, I look forward. It probably has to be SpaceX or they might go through the Russians. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. But that's kind of a big deal. What do you all think about that? Do you think private uh, entities entering space is, is a bigger deal than perhaps another country entering space? Uh, Bro Reaver's saying uh, ISS leaking more air than usual. Yeah, I mean, it's getting old and it's probably taking some micrometeor impacts. It's not good. They need to get on top of that. But I, I have been reading that they have been having, they think it might be sabotage, and that would be a really terrifying thought. But I, who knows what's going on there. Alex King said, uh, had just got back from Luke Air Force Base last night. It was cool to see everyone out there looking up and freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> See, uh, Patrick saying, I don't know if they uh, haven't fired any rocket motors in uh, two weeks. Yeah, so I don't know. You know, they're kind of doing their thing. You know, they're, SpaceX sometimes, I guess, is on the drawing board, and sometimes they're actually testing stuff, so good for them. Uh, Chris saying, uh, remember Skylab? Yeah, I mean, that was a big deal. Um, you know, I was lucky enough. I live on the East Coast, so I was able to go. Um, I would say this is probably going on at least 10 or 12 years ago now, but my wife and I went to Washington, D.C., Got to see the Smithsonian and uh, Museum of Art, but we also got to see, uh, well, all the all the rockets, all the stuff, you know, the Air and Space Museum, which they had two. They had just opened the one near Reagan International Airport, so they had the huge, huge one there. 
but also in DC had uh, the Skylab that they didn't fly. And it was really kind of surprising how much dead space. You take a look at the ISS and you look at, you know, how it's basically a, a series of well-packed tubes that people kind of fly through to get to point A to point B and do their stuff. And then you look at space, uh, I'm sorry, Skylab, you get walk, get to walk in it and walk through it kind of on a, you know, a little raised platform. Huge, massive volume of open air inside of that thing. And, uh, and maybe they were interested in playing with zero gravity as far as, you know, the reaction of certain things in zero gravity where they needed that amount of space. But I was, it's pretty wild to me. I remember being very surprised, I'm surprised at that, but also surprised at the sheer size of that single launched Skylab. You know, like you're talking about the ISS having all these pieces that were put together and, uh, you know, a lot of pieces they put up there and all the solar panels and everything. But you take a look at Skylab and it was just literally, hey, let's take a Saturn V and slap this puppy on the tip of it put her in space and they did and it, and you know i don't think videos and and pictures of that launch really do the size any justice um of the saturn 5 or of the skylab but skylab was massive and, and for a one-piece chunk and pretty darn cool <clears throat> brian saying uh welcome brian angel by the way spacex launch today was delayed because of weather that's not good hnx media good to see you in here government should not control space if corporations have the money they should be able to try as long as they accept the liability and i think now i don't know about other countries but i think that that's pretty much the stance well maybe not a hundred percent but i think that the united states is definitely interested at this point in these uh companies that are that are putting you know lots of money and lots of effort into catching up on the space race you know we have spacex blue horizons uh Gosh, there's like four or five other ones. I'm just, you know, drawing a blank on them right now. But those are the two big ones. Boeing has their, you know, independent space. Although Boeing literally builds rockets for NASA. So it's kind of like you're just doing this with your own money. And your own money is still government money. So, you know, why are we kidding ourselves here? And, of course, NASA is still in it. But, yeah, I think that that's great. But I, I'll tell you this. Do you think an independent uh, company like SpaceX, which is my favorite by far, just because Elon's kind of a visionary, but... Do you think SpaceX is going to put a billion dollars or two billion dollars into a probe to go check out the atmosphere of, uh, you know, one of the satellites around Venus or, you know, uh, Saturn, whatever? They're not because it's purely scientific and there's probably not a lot of value, uh, financial value to be gleaned off of that. So thankfully, we do have the government for flights like that where there is science to be learned, but not necessarily money to be made. Or you have SpaceX will probably focus on mining uh, of of asteroids of uh, you know planetary systems in our in our solar system and uh, I think that's okay I don't think that's a problem people are like yeah commercialization of space is not a great thing I don't know man I think it's fine I'm totally fine with that man go to the moon you know mine all the helium three you need to get to wherever else you need to go find an asteroid that's literally made out of gold and, and mine it and crash the entire world economy if you have to but do it in the in the pursuit of getting out and getting farther out so i'm cool with that uh kyler gilbert uh, gilbert sorry my man good to see you in here i don't know if i had you on the show before but uh glad to have you on board uh was that what I saw last night? I was at a football game and I thought I saw a shooting star. I live in North Georgia. There have been some reports in uh, Raleigh and across the eastern seaboard, but around, yeah, north, it'd be northern Georgia would be probably in that, South Carolina, North Carolina. 
there were a lot of objects seen burning up in the atmosphere, but they were almost slow-moving burns. So I think what we may have been seeing was a satellite that broke up and was deorbiting itself uh, over our sky because I got a lot of reports. Actually, I got some emails, and I actually got a uh, message on the BBS uh, about that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's what was going on, although no no confirmed reports. Nobody's, nobody's chimed in officially on that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Bro Weaver's got an interesting question, and this is going to be our main topic here after we uh, wrap up the news. He's saying, do you think that cryptids have moved to the cities? I think in some cases, yes. I think that uh, the underworld, the uh, you know, the tunnels under Nevada, the tunnels um, you know, and sewer systems in any major city, or the subway systems in any major city, certainly lend themselves for animals or whatever to hide. And uh, there's plenty of very frightening uh documentaries on the people that sometimes you know people who have pretty significant mental issues that uh, want to you know get away from society and choose to live underground so uh if they're down there why wouldn't something else find a find a way in you know scary things live in caves and those tunnel systems are some of the largest you know they're man-made but they're still some of the largest caves in existence right 741 saying space is expensive. It will be good to see some competition to help lower those costs. Most definitely. And Musk with his reusable rockets, in fact, all of them except for NASA coming up with reusable rocket designs now, they have figured it out. You know, they you can thank Elon for that, that, that he put the money into making it work. And now that he's made it work, others know, hey, this is this is a, an investment and work worth doing here. We can use reusable launch pads, reusable launch craft, I should say. So that's going to be a big deal, I think, going forward. Uh, let's see. HNX Media says, uh, the funny thing is SpaceX can drop a billion and not blink an eye. They'll make it back a hundred times. Yeah. But you know, like anything, uh, geez, man, think of all the big companies that have failed. You still have to take into account, and I'm sure they do, that at some point everything they make will be obsolete. So they have to stay on top of it. I think they are helmed by a visionary and I think they have nothing to worry about as long as Elon is in control of that company. But I do wonder, just like all the other companies that had visionaries on board uh, once they get rid of it they lose their way i personally hate apple i hate apple products i hate the company i hate everything it stands for but i will say that uh you know uh steve jobs was a visionary and uh and ruthless <laughs> and uh when they got rid of him in the 90s he went on to form next computer uh you know that apple apple went sideways they were they were going to fail they probably would have failed if they hadn't bought him back up and brought him back on board and bought all his tech and bought all his idea and what have, what have they come out with since you know they're just on autopilot again they don't have a visionary at the helm they have a, a scumbag at the helm quite frankly who needs to be brought up on charges but never will be because he owns half of the internet so yeah there you go uh let's see future shock saying we need to fund space research and exploration like we did in the 60s maybe we need another cold war so many advancements from that space race i think we're in the beginning i think we're in a slow burn cold war with china right now you know they're they're don't they're not part of the gang you know so the ISS they're not a part of a lot of the uh, ideas are returning to the moon and so on and so forth they're they have their own ideas and they're going to be doing it independently and now it seems like even the Russians are not really interested in joining us on these adventures so the ISS will probably be the end of our international partnership with them which is a shame because um, they brought a lot of cool stuff to the table but 
Yeah, that's the future. But I think we are kind of seeing the beginning phases of a slow Cold War. Because there's not the urgency to destroy one another so much right now, the Cold War can operate and unfold at a slower pace. But supremacy is something that uh, the big three will always continue to work towards. And I predict in the next hundred years, uh, India will enter that game with us and be the big four. They will be another superpower and uh, one to be reckoned with. So that's that's a prediction that I have just from historical reading. <laughs> uh, Bro Weaver, ooh, boy, you want to get into that kind of a topic. Okay. Uh, Anti-mob law in Florida was passed, uh, or they're considering it, are they not? They haven't passed that yet. That would allow citizens to shoot at rioters. My thoughts on that. Um, mm. Yeah. Slippery slope, right? Uh, you know, and it goes back to self-defense laws, period. You know, when is uh, when are you in fear for your life, right? There certainly are times when, uh, you know, if an angry mob of people is beating on your car, attempting to pull your family out of it and, and uh, beat you or kill you, possibly. I don't see a problem with self-defense laws that exist already covering those kind of incidents. But protection is important. I need to be able to know that I'm not going to head straight to jail if I have to protect myself or my family or, or someone else, but man, it's just, you know, I don't want to live in that world where that's required. Can't we not have riots that cause that kind of violence? Maybe, maybe we should work towards, towards that. I don't know. And that's just probably wishful thinking on my part. Uh, Michael Root. Yeah. Okay. 741 India is working on plans for their own space station I think. Yeah, I think India's had some successful launches. They have their own space agency and but I just think like as a powerhouse as a as a as a world power, I think what we're going to see um and to what you're saying Mr. Root there is that I think we're going to see a shift away from manufacturing in China no matter who uh runs the helm of this country i think we're going to i think the world is kind of waking up to the fact that we've been paying our enemy for so long that maybe little by little we start moving manufacturing to countries that don't hate us quite as much and so that that becomes a little bit more positive uh for the rest of the world too think about all the countries that would be happy to have some american money uh, you know in their pockets and and could produce stuff just as well and i think india is a great, you know, democracy, a good partner that would probably work well with us. I'm no, I don't want to really talk much about, um, you know, world event, current events like that, but I, that's my theory on it. That's my, that's my hope anyway, actually. I hope we were able to move our money around a little bit. Shouldn't be pouring all our eggs into one basket, you know. Uh, H&X saying Jobs admitted that he stole everything tech-wise from Xerox. Yeah, he was ruthless. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, and your, your last sentence covers it. Geniuses and ruthlessness are often, they run hand in hand, right? If you're going to be smart, you're also going to be cold and calculated if you're going to be successful. Most of your type A personalities are willing to put the knife right in your back because they want to get ahead. And, you know, nice people do actually finish last most of the time. Not all the time, but um, they get taken advantage of if they're too nice. And so, yeah. Calcius saying he's late. No worries, my friend. No worries. Um, yeah, Future Shock, that's kind of how I feel about that. Okay, yeah, bro, um, that is what I'm not going to talk about tonight. Uh, I can tell you this, and I said this, and I'm going to move on from the news here. We're going to take a break. We're going to have the drawing. I don't want to bring this whole thing down here tonight, but here's this, uh, this thing, and, and this is all I'm going to say, because I'm not going to talk about, uh, 
you know, politics or election news here on the channel tonight because, and, and here's, let me back up even another step. I specifically did not make a show uh, the week of the election or the week after because of, uh, I don't, I didn't, I knew it was going to be hot no matter what. I had hoped that by now this would be solved. This would be over. Um, usually, historically, other than in 2000, in my lifetime anyway, it usually has wrapped up. So, uh, here's what I said in 2016. I said in 2016, and this was on Facebook, uh, that no matter who wins the election, and this was before the election came through, that the 2016 election would be the last election where the mainstream media mattered. That was my prediction. And, um, and I was wrong. It turns out the 2012 election was the last election where the mainstream media mattered because we have the internet. We have people who do podcasts, who do radio shows, who do internet shows, who do blogs, who do posts, who have followers, whatever, Instagram, and you know, I don't, and I don't really follow a lot of that stuff. But so I really felt like the sway, you know, was there. So um, this time before voting happened, I said no matter who wins, this will be the last election where we have faith in our electoral process. And again, I have to come forward and say that I was wrong. It was the last time. And that's all I want to talk about on that, guys. Uh, so that's it. I, I am not uh, not taking sides on any of this, so please understand. But I want to have some fun, and we are. We're about to have some fun. So we're going to be talking about after the commercial or after music here, the commercial breaks are for the stations and for the music for the rest of y'all. We're going to play a song, and when we come back, we're going to have that drawing right here live. And I hope that uh, you guys are ready for a cool show about cryptids here in North Carolina, in the East Coast, the West Coast, the Southeast, the Northeast, Canada. Who knows? <laughs> we're going to talk about all of it. I am opening Skype here, too, when uh, after the drawing. And uh, if the winner happens to be listening tonight, you're welcome to call in right then and there. Uh, but I'm going to open up Skype after the fact uh, when I get back from this break. Love to have your calls. Love to talk. Fun stuff. Let's Look, the world is a terrible place, man. Let's have a good time. This show is all about having a good time. So uh, let me pull up a nice song here. We'll play something cool. Yeah, I think Dusty Fingers plays good, man.
All right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> you know the best part about running your own radio station? Everything, man. I get to choose when I want to play what and how I want to play it. I get to choose who gets to listen and who gets to be uh, <laughs> who gets to be on the radio. And I've got some I've got some pretty interesting content on my own station. I play a lot of uh, Art Bell, Coast to Coast stuff, classic stuff. Of course, I play the Midnight Cafe. In fact, some of you may wonder, hey, gee whiz, did I miss episode eight? Yeah, yeah, you did if you're listening to it just on YouTube. In fact, very few people probably heard episode eight because it was straight over the air, just over the air. Sometimes I like to do it the old-fashioned way. I'll sit out there in the garage, break into the uh, station's regular programming, and throw up a show. So, uh, you know, I record those, but a lot of times I don't play those, uh, you know, on YouTube. So maybe someday after I pass away, somebody will find the giant collection of all the missing, uh, 21 years worth of episodes of the Midnight Cafe and poof, put them up. <laughs> Love it, man. Yeah, I am running my own board, Future Shock. I need, I, I really do need a, uh, I need, I need someone to work with me on this station, really. It's fine over the radio when you're just running a board and, uh, taking the occasional call, the internet is a is a, a little more difficult, man. Just a little more difficult. You got the chat, you got the the music board, um, you know, you've got the streaming software, you've got the equipment. It just gets kind of crazy after a while, to be honest with you. So, uh, if anyone wants to uh, apply for the job, the pay is exactly exactly what I get paid, and that is zero dollars and zero cents. So, if you're interested in doing something for nothing, contact me. All right, let's do it, boys and girls and uh, everyone in between. It is time. Look at that dude with the mustache. Woo! <laughs> We're going to give away a radio station right now. And it is the Redicus TR-508. Timidator was asking, how do you enter? Unfortunately, it is too late. I had put up this video on the other channel. And I got 400, I think it was 16 or 18 comments. Uh, people interested in getting the station. So, uh, good. Hopefully, one of y'all is going to get it. So, uh Hey, Quadrajet King, good to see you in there, man. All right, man. Uh, what's the 411 on shortwave startups? Yeah, oh, I don't know, but we'll have to talk about that, buddy. <laughs> all right, I'm going to take that picture down so you all see me here. But yeah, it is time, man. I'm excited about this. I really hope. And I, I honestly, so let me talk about this. Redicus was kind enough to. Uh, uh, Redicus was kind enough to send that to me. So, you know, I, I had bought the, uh, the TR-502, which was a 15-watt radio station. And uh, that was for my buddy down uh, down near Raleigh there, and he's running that to this day. And I did a video on it. They really liked that video. And uh, then, like, you know, a couple months later, I, I made a short video. I bought this, like, $20 Redicus, I think it's the TR-115 shortwave receiver, just a little basic receiver, and they got their eyeballs on that, and they reached out to me like literally the same day and said, "Hey, uh, how would you like to review a product for us?" And um, you know, I don't, I don't like saying no to those kind of things, especially if it's a decent product from a decent company, and they make decent products. So I said, "Sure." And they said, "Would you make a video on this?" And I was like, "Man, I already did a transmitter video, but uh, I don't know, we talked about." You know, the idea of maybe I'd make a video, you know, go through the unbox and go through a demonstration of how it works, but then I could give it away to somebody. Would they be cool with that? And lo and behold, they said yes. So I'm hoping, gosh, I'm hoping that other companies reach out to me and will allow me to do the same thing because we'll do a lot more giveaways in the future if that's the case. So I got this, you know, you, if you've seen the video, uh, most of you probably have if you're sitting here right now. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, it's going to be awesome. What I would like to see, and what they would like to see, quite frankly, is 
they would like to see whoever wins this maybe make a short video um, showing what they do with it. And now I understand, like my wife, you know, she does not want to be on the internet. She doesn't want to have her face on the internet. She doesn't want to have her voice on the internet. So I, every week I try to get her to come on the show like she did when we were just a radio show and she's just not having it. So uh, I get that if that you might be, you know, hesitant to put yourself out there. Um, but maybe you want to contact me. Maybe we could just do some still shots and, uh, and you could maybe write up a little thing on, on what you're doing with it. I think that that would be awesome, and I'm sure Redicus would really like that. I could post a follow-up video, and, you know, we're just trying to make it worthwhile for them. And uh, the good news is if we can do that, then chances are if you don't win tonight, uh, well, you probably win someday because we'll have another opportunity to do that. They've they've already reached out to me and say if there are other things that I would like to review. So, got it. Future Shock, I'm, I'm nearly positive your name was on that list. So, um a few shucks says doesn't understand the hate for mustaches these days. Yeah, I don't either, man. But my wife insisted that it go. I had a, a mustache in, in uh, 08 when I was in law enforcement, and I got rid of it. And then I haven't seen my face bare since. So, uh, I don't know, man. I just felt like 2020 has been such a weird year. I wanted to see what I looked like. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm, like, really starting to gray out here. <laughs> Something weird is happening. I think I might be getting old. So... <laughs> I had to, uh, I had to, I had to see what I looked like. I did look younger, still ugly, but definitely a younger uh, version of my ugly self. So, it was a cool thing to do, and and luckily I'm so hairy that it grows back quick. And again, the beard has already come back into place. So, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Mike Crick is saying street legal station paired with a high gain antenna and make it a bit better. Yeah, um, Mike Cricket, I think honestly, with a good home built antenna you could probably get a mile or two out of this thing. And it's going to be a lot clearer than my AM station at that, you know, extended range. You know how FM versus AM, FM just works perfectly until it doesn't. And so I think it really would be great for a community. So I hope whoever wins this has some cool plans with it. But sorry, I've been, I've been wasting time here. But here it is, the official Farpoint Farms, uh, Liberty Sows the Seed at Farpoint Farms mug. There's about 40 of these things in here that we cop chopped up. And uh, I'm going to grab one. I'm going to close my eyes. I don't want to make this cheating, all right? All right. Let's see. Okay. I've uh, got like five of them. All right. There it is. Let's see who we got. Shoot. I can't read it. Let me see. Keith Walker. Keith Walker. I don't know if you're in here or not, Keith. But Keith Walker has won the TR... 508 from Redicus, Keith Walker. Let me go ahead and if uh, yeah, if somebody wants to post that name in the uh, chat room, it is Keith uh, Walker. So hopefully he's listening tonight. If not, I will uh, shoot him a uh, a message on the other thing. I'll probably put a post or I might even make a short video after the show is over and get Keith a heads up. I'm sorry for the rest of you. Let me tell you another story before we move on to tonight's topic because I want you all to know this. Um, reading through the comments, there were about 50 of you that gave some pretty darn compelling reasons why you want a radio station. There was a gentleman that wanted it for a retirement community. There were several people who wanted to do it for community radio stations for their subdivisions. There were some folks that lived in very rural area areas. Chris, yours was actually in there. Chris, your name stuck out. Um, and my wife and I, uh, when she was printing out all the stuff and we were reading all the comments, Chris, 
I wish you had one. And here's what I did. I, I reached out to Redicus after the fact and asked them, is there a way you would sell me a few more of these at cost so I could give away three of these things? And unfortunately, they said no. But um, maybe for Christmas, I might do this again because honestly, guys, I feel really passionate about community radio. I feel really passionate about people um, getting their voice out. And as time goes on here online, I have a feeling our voices are going to be uh, restricted more and more. So look for another video at some point. This would be coming out of my wallet. And, uh, you know, these puppies are over 100 bucks. But I'm going to do what I can to get my hands on them um, and maybe find another company that wants to send one for review. Who knows what I have to do. But I promise you all from this day forward, every company that re uh, reaches out to me about a transmitter of any kind that is on the AM or FM frequency, that I'll be raffling that off as well. And not raffling, giving it away. I don't. I want people to understand that this isn't for money. I don't get paid for this. So, uh, you know, you don't even have to be a subscriber. Uh and hopefully Keith, uh, you know, is maybe he's not listening to this tonight, but hopefully he'll he'll uh, see it on the other channel. Yeah, H and X Media, you were in that list. My cricket was on that list. Uh, gosh, a lot of y'all. Yeah, a lot of y'all. So I hope uh, seven forty one. You were on their day. I mean, like pretty much everybody that's listening tonight was on the list, and some of y'all had some great reasons for it. Um, Frugal, uh, there's a guy who lives up in Canada uh, that. Uh, that that had some pretty compelling reasons and i and so I, I hate i wish i was rich man i wish i could give every single person that posted a comment on that a radio because i think what i i just you know step back to that gandhi comment right you got to be the change you wish to see in this world i think what could 416 transmitters in the hands of people who want to do good with it mean for the world and i think it means good things plus it probably means extra uh, syndication for the Midnight Cafe, which is always good. Although I still would get no money, so what difference does it make? Bragging rights, baby. Mm. All right, Future Shock wants to know, now what if Keith is a no-show? So, I mean, I suppose it's always possible something tragic happened to Keith, but I'm going to reach out on the other channel and let it know, and if I guess if I don't hear from a week, we'll, we'll have to have another drawing. But I, I would imagine, uh, hopefully, that he'll get in touch with me, and I'll let you all know about that, okay? All right, so there it is. Let me get rid of this. Uh, let me check one thing, and we're moving on to the night's main topic. 35 people on board tonight, and that is awesome. Average listening time is right up there. This is what I'm liking to see. We are already at 7.20. Holy moly. Sorry, I've been, I've been talking too much tonight, haven't I? Well, that's all right. I guess this is a talk show, isn't it? Fascinating. All right, let's get on with it. I'm going to put this beautiful picture up here. Take a look at this. A cryptozoological map of the United States. Look at all these critters. Monsters in America. We got lake monsters. <laughs> we got like our own version of Nessie. We got Bessie. We got Bigfoot. We got the Honey Island Swamp Monster. We got the Jersey Devil. We've got the Frogman, the Mongolian Monster, the Mothman. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I want you all to take a look at these and comment if any of you have any own personal stories about any of these, and before we even get on to the photographs and the conversation, if anybody wants to chime in and call with um, their own personal stories, it's uh, it's on Skype and it is live on the Midnight Cafe. All one word, the Midnight Cafe. You can see it over there in the corner above my head. And uh, 
and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear and talk because I certainly have my own stories about some of these uh, critters. So i uh, love to hear it. love to hear it. My Cricket's saying, we all dream and have passions, and it's great to live your dreams. Don't wait for someday. Do what you wish today. Great show as always. Thank you, Mike Cricket. That is exactly the life that I live. Um, we have an expiration date. I hate to be the one to break it to you if you all thought you were going to live forever, but not, not happening. So you're definitely not going to be around forever. And as a result, if you wait for the perfect time to do anything, well, you're going to be waiting forever, right? So live your dream. If you really want a radio station, make it happen for you. Uh, you know, obviously, internet radio is a cheaper way to get into it, although uh, there's more complications with internet radio versus just regular radio. But do what you got to do, and I will do my best to help you follow your dreams because you have all helped me follow mine. HNX Media number 20, Loveland Frogman. I did a video on that a couple years back. No kidding, really. The Frogman. Let me see. Let me find 20. Let me find 20. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I have a picture of that one there. Or not a picture of it, but I like an artist rendition. So right on, dude. Yeah, so here we go. That Those are just some. And, like, I'm not covering all these tonight, obviously. But I'm going to talk about some of the famous ones, some of the less famous ones. But um, we're going to just go through some of these things. The Big Bird, I couldn't find the picture of number seven, Big Bird. But there is a picture out there from the 1800s of a bunch of, like, you know, settlers that wasted one of these things and had it hanging out. I mean, there's things probably 20 feet across in wingspan. And certainly looked like a dinosaur. Looked like, you know, something obviously around the ozark howler the wampus cat and now i uh, i can't remember which one of y'all was going to send me a picture of the wampus cat but never did get uh, never did get that photo chupacabra is famous in the southwest skunk ape famous in florida uh you know just on and on and on and on so awesome man dustin adams wants to know not related to the topic but he knew anything about older john deere lawn tractors first thing i know about john deere lawn tractors they hold their value second thing i know about john deere lawn tractors uh, they're pretty darn well built, so it's it's okay that they hold their value. Barney, MM2. No monsters in Virginia. We'll have to get with the local hunters and piece something together for everyone. <laughs> There's something out there, buddy. I'm telling you, there's got to be. Probably a little bit of the uh, Mothman bleeding over from Jersey, right? Um, Jordan B. I once thought I saw a chupacabra while traveling in Peru, but it turned out they have a breed of hairless dogs that are just hideous looking. Ah. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, I've seen pictures of, like, cats without, uh, you know, their fur, like the Egyptian cats, and, and they look like wrinkled aliens, so I bet you the hairless dogs are probably not too far off of that. <laughs> Jason Kane, man, I see the rake and the skinwalkers are missing. Skinwalkers were not on any list I could find, and yet we talked about it, you know, a couple weeks back when we did the uh, uh, trail cam stuff, so, yeah, skinwalkers aren't there. I don't know about the rake, I don't think I've heard of that one. Hey, Mower Junkie, South Carolina Lizard Man is in my area. Haven't seen him yet, but you're keeping an eye out for him. Right on, man. Hey, Skip was rolling today, Mower Junkie. I was listening for you for the hour or so I was out playing. Apparently, the East Coast was having a great time talking to the West Coast, but I wasn't able to talk North to South. So, someday, my friend, someday. <laughs> Let's see here. Okay, I'm going to get rid of that picture, and we're going to move on to our first critter. And let me go here. The Beast of Bray Road. Who's heard of this one? Urban Myths and Legendary Creatures. This is, uh, well, well, I think this is probably pretty close to what we would consider to be a werewolf in our modern society. The Beast of Bray Road is an interesting story to read. They made a very interesting, low-budget, but very good movie about the Beast of Bray Road. Certainly not very uh, close to factual, but <laughs> just interesting stuff. And uh, this is this is the only one that I could find that straight up reminded me of a werewolf type thing. 
this was, what was it, Minnesota, the Beast of Bray Road, uh, that was having issues. And um, pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool creature here. This obviously being a rendition of it and talking about it. And I can't, I can't say that I've ever really researched the Beast of Bray Road other than I did read the story a while back. And, uh, and was pretty impressed with the eyewitness accounts that this thing had, had killed a lot of livestock and then suddenly disappeared as quickly as it appeared. So it makes you wonder if somebody got this thing. Uh, and, you know, like a lot of animals that get uh, killed out in the wilderness, it just died and that was that. You know, no one really ever saw it again. But so, uh, so there you go. So there you go. Let's see here. I'll get rid of that one. Now, this one I have seen quite a lot of stories on. Who here knows about the Mothman? And it began, the, the lines are open at the uh, Skype. I'd love to have someone call in tonight. It's been the last two times we've had so many technical issues I haven't been able to get guests on. But I, the lines are open. I, if anyone who wants to chat, it is a great time to call. So the Mothman here in this picture just... This is not what the Mothman looks like. But the Mothman story, I mean, there's law enforcement involved in that. There... There was a lot of documented evidence about the Mothman going on in the 60s in Jersey. And, uh, and it's amazing that it really didn't go, you know, anywhere. Again, it was like such a big deal for, you know, what was it, a few weeks. And then suddenly, that was it. It was gone. Never to be seen or heard from again. And, of course, maybe it's still out there. Maybe it is still scaring people. But I haven't heard anything recently on the Mothman other than, you know, uh, reenactments and, and, you know, movies and such, but the Mothman's an interesting story. If you haven't looked into the Mothman, you really owe it to yourself to check it out. It's pretty darn cool. H&X says he tries to get to the Mothman Festival every year, but he didn't go this year, of course, because of the global catastrophe, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, Future Shock, oh, he's talking about mowers again. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'll let you all have your conversation there. The Jersey Devil, yeah, I'll throw up, he's talking about the Jersey Devil, yeah. So uh, I've got some pictures of that too, and I have a couple of these uh, pictures that I roll through here tonight will be stuff that I tell you my own personal stories of, and so there is some pretty scary stuff in the woods at night, no doubt. Jason Kane saying the Mothman movie was actually pretty crazy in a good way. Yeah, I don't know. I've certainly read about it. I think I've seen a couple of like reenactments. I don't know that I've seen the actual movie on it, but um, the Mothman is an interesting story. I'm mean, like the factual story anyway. It does have law enforcement to back it up. No photographs, but like eyewitness accounts, when you think about somebody like maybe trying to scare a community, um, you're going to have like an isolated thing and, and then nothing happens and you never get, uh, you never really get any kind of reinforcement from law enforcement. But this was a story that, that certainly had enough different characters, people who didn't know each other, all reporting similar stuff that it really makes you wonder, it really makes you think that, you know, that there was something to the Mothman. Now, what it was or where it moved on to, who knows, man. So, uh, very interesting. So, uh, I'm going to move on from Mothman. And, and we're going to go on... Um, let me roll down here. Yeah. Let's go on to the famous one. Let's talk about Bigfoot for a little while. Because this one has had some recent information. This photograph, if you haven't seen this one, you've been living literally under a rock your entire life. So, welcome. Welcome to the Midnight Cafe, my friends. And welcome to the world. This is where we live. Uh, welcome to turn on a light <laughs> if you want to. Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Bigfoot. This is the original, I don't know, 17 second clip. Here's a beautiful still photo from it. And, uh, you know, depending on who you listen to, depending on what you want to watch related to this 17 second clip, uh, this is either a uh, man in a suit 
and that suit, I mean, I even watched a, 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 a show on this where they talked to the guy that supposedly rented the guy the suit. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. So this is the classic that started it all. You know, there were, there were stories about Bigfoot, including from one of our former presidents who, uh, Roosevelt, I think it was, wasn't it Teddy? That, uh, was big hunter, big hunting party that he killed an entire family of these things. And so there's a lot of stuff going on with Bigfoot, uh, historically before we have this, and this would be the first sighting, uh, or filmed sighting of a Bigfoot. And it certainly kicked it up. And I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know how many of y'all are my age or a little older than that, but Bigfoot, uh, was like a humongously popular icon after this. You know, there was the legend of, of Bigfoot movie. Um, uh, there was in search of Bigfoot movie, there was, uh, I mean, think about it. The $6 million man fought Bigfoot, you know? I mean, he became a cultural icon. And uh, that's like like you are saying there, Bigfoot has massive staying power. Future Shock's chiming in with that, no doubt. Bigfoot is the, of the cryptid world, Bigfoot is the superstar. He's the, uh, you know, the Kim Kardashian of the cryptid universe, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, Future Shock's saying, look at that photo, right? And, I, you know, Future Shock, let me tell you this. So here's the thing, right? The thing about these pictures, and I talked about it. Actually, it was interesting to see the crowd's reaction when we went over photographs of uh, trail cam pictures. And now we were going over trail cam pictures. And it was like, you see these pictures where everything was, like, super blurry. And you could kind of make out something in the woods and, you know, whatnot. And you were like, oh, dude, that looks like this. Wow, that's scary. That totally looks like that. And so everyone was kind of willing to believe that these fuzzy pictures were definitely some monster out there, right? What cracked me up about that conversation was that you would put a beautiful, crystal clear photograph up close of some monster, right? And everyone was like, oh man, it's fake. It's totally fake. And so the conversation kind of rolled into, hey, you know, isn't it crazy? Like literally we could have a perfect crystal clear 4K photograph of an alien shooting us the bird or something, you know? And everyone would be like, that's fake. It's totally fake. But we're willing more, I guess our brains are more willing to accept the, that blurry, shadowy thing, you know? Like like Bigfoot would never actually get caught getting a nice still shot of him, right? I Like, I don't know, man. Again, like the conversation that night went kind of nowhere with that. Just it was an observation that I found to be very interesting that we're we're more willing to believe the you know that if it was up in the shadows on top of that hill and you could only make out bits and pieces of him that it was real than we would seeing him just strolling across there you know getting ready to wave to us or whatnot so i just i, I think that's very interesting and uh and it, i bet it'll hold true tonight as well some of these photos being pretty blurry kind of fuzzy and other ones being like wow that's crazy so uh, I, I enjoy that part of the show. For those listening on the radio, again, these will all be up on the uh, Midnight Cafe page here eventually. But uh, you're missing out on a good show. Play the reruns, please. <laughs> uh, Chris saying, it looks like his ex-wife. I'm sorry to hear that. And Jordan B. saying, the Bigfoot is the OG of social distancing. Yeah. Hey, man, if, if, if I lived in the woods, I wouldn't want to be around people either. You all are crazy. Yeah, it was Teddy's. Uh, Chris Evans saying, yeah, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, great story. If you haven't read that, also look it up. Uh, not a long story, but it's his recounting of a hunting party that was attacked by uh, some of these things. They killed one, and then that night at camp, several of them attacked the uh, camping party. And, and uh, it was a, a very interesting story. And, you know, very believable. Obviously, of course, you know, the turn of the last century, that's more, more possible with that amount of wilderness that it would be large concentrations of 
Something like this in the woods, right? Uh, Jason Kane saying, Harry and the Hendersons boosted cheeseburger sales. Yeah, man, I remember that. Harry and the Hendersons, another huge, huge hit based off of Bigfoot. Kelsey is saying, Bigfoot is the one I think could be real, or at least they uh, used to be and went extinct. Um, yeah, so I believe they're still around. I believe their numbers are dwindling every day. But, you know, there is, I can't remember how many hundreds of creatures, how many hundreds of life forms are discovered on Earth every day today, like every single day here in 2020. Uh, it's it's five or six hundred a day new species are discovered. So what is what is there to say that there's not something like this that we, you know, is a great, maybe it's a chameleon, maybe it's something that just evolved from um, Homo uh, well, Neanderthal, right? We're Homo sapiens, and, and Neanderthal were certainly walking the earth with us at the same time. Maybe this is some kind of an offshoot that evolved in a totally different way, didn't do well, near extinction, but has learned to hide from us because we have eradicated them whenever we can. So these are theories I have no idea, obviously. Uh, let's see. Timidator says uh, they uh, did tests, and they won't tell you. It'll prove that they gave people... Well, you think those are people? Interesting. Uh, Future Shock, does Bigfoot ever kill humans? Well, apparently, you know, back w with Teddy Roosevelt's story, yes. But uh, I don't think there's been... Well, and let's go this. So there's a reason that I chose to wind just a little bit of the missing 411 into this story. 1,600 people disappeared in national parks in the United States just in the last, you know, 100 years. And most of them are never found. No parts of them are ever found. Is it possible that a cryptid like a Bigfoot is to blame for some of those? We'll never, you know, we don't know. So when you ask, do, do they kill humans? It certainly is possible. It certainly is possible. Uh, Kelsey is saying, some camels escaped the Army Corps of Engineers in the early 1800s. Out West, hunters came across wild camels once in a while still to this day. Yeah, so again, like if an animal that's not really supposed to be around is is around and somehow is adapted to live in our climate in the case of a camel then sure why not right if they can make it so can he nc long howdy man uh it might have been a female jason very well could have been right hewlett good to see you in here we have a version of bigfoot in arkansas in uh forky uh, there was a movie called the legend of boggy creek and i'm gonna get to that version uh because I have my own sighting of a creature similar to that, so uh, and it's like the there's a there's this mixture between what we're looking at here, which again is a suspected Bigfoot uh, caught on a uh, picture at a campsite, looks like here, and uh, and then the Florida version, which is called the skunk ape, and so there's some some mixture. The West Coast Bigfoot is a large creature, you know, big, hairy, and tall. The East Coast creature is more ape-like and in size and structure and so uh it might be that what we're looking at is multiple species multiple sightings of multiple species very interesting stuff hey uh daniel alpha omega how you doing man good to see you in here uh barney says bigfoot saw him once and no one believes him possible right <laughs> i saw a human it was scary the thing didn't have any fur on it it was scary ran away HNX Media, uh, this particular photo is from the Grimlish footage, it's said to be a female. So, yep, yeah, okay. Uh, do we know if Bigfoot is a carnivore? No, because we have such little, we barely see these things. We barely catch, you know, a glimpse like this photo here or something moving away. To me, that looks like a gorilla. It looks ape-like in structure. It does not look like a bear. Some people said this photo was a bear. The legs are clearly too long. Uh, 
to be a bear in my personal opinion. But so look at that. You know, we've got this interesting photograph here to look at and discuss. And we don't know. Omnivore would be my best guess. Just like humans, we'll eat a little of everything. We'll eat whatever is ideal. You know, we'll, if we're going to survive. I think animals that do well are omnivores, right? Eat a little of everything. Look at dogs. You know, they eat just about everything. It's not to say they're not 100% predator, but my, that would be my, my uneducated guess on that one. Mike Cricket, the American Indians have a legend of a giant bird. The name of the creature is escaping me at the moment, but maybe it is the Thunderbird. Yep, yep, you are correct, Mike Cricket. I couldn't find a picture that I was looking for on that, but yeah, it is the Thunderbird. And it looks exactly like a pterodactyl, pterodactyl, monstrous flying, uh, you know, from the, from the Cretaceous period or something, you know, but pretty wild, man. Yeah, Chris saying omnivore as well. I believe that, that would also be the case. Uh, Mike Cricket saying omnivore. Yeah, it just seems to make sense, you know. Future Shock saying, what if humans are just Bigfoot that lost their hair? Well, and if you'll believe evolutionary traits, then yeah, we are losing our hair little by little. Uh, so could be a divergence in the tree, right? Well, we were both the same species, you know, a bazillion years ago or whatnot. And, uh, and you know, as time went on, they went one way and we went the other way. It, I was just watching a video from a fellow YouTuber here that was talking about neanderthals and homo sapiens and how uh there was you know the the expansion out of africa uh from homo sapiens was met and it was possibly quite a primitive war that raged for centuries uh where neanderthals were living in europe at the time and didn't really appreciate having their territory invaded by homo sapiens because of the crush for food you know we're talking about more mouths to feed these you know neither races at that point were farming they were hunter-gatherers so to put that kind of a strain on the ecosystem meant that the neanderthals wanted wanted to defend their property and of course if you look at dna in humans there is some neanderthal in us uh, up to what is it seven or eleven percent in some people and of course in other people you know zero to one percent so there was some intermingling going on shall we say so uh what's not to say that this is not an offshoot that went a totally different direction that that, that just chose not to fight but chose to flee and still is interesting stuff right but not something that produces great numbers so for whatever reasons uh hnx media saying before dave pilates did the missing 411 series he wrote some great books on sasquatch highly recommend the one called the hoopa project i'll be sure to check it out man um joker 803 yes uh wasn't there one scene up around clayton last year yes Clayton, North Carolina did have a uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatch or whatever you want to call it sighting. And um, so, yeah, so these things are arranged. They're, they're East Coast, West Coast. Again, size-wise, it, it to me anyway, it seems like the East Coast ones tend to be a bit smaller. They're more ape-like in structure, more humanoid-like in structure with about the same physical features as us, maybe, you know, 100 pounds heavier or whatnot, but, but covered in hair head to toe. This is an interesting photo. This was a guy who was out hunting and uh, walking to his uh, tree stand and saw that and managed to get out his cell phone and snap a photo. Pretty darn cool photo. Definitely something on its hind legs. And, uh, you know, definitely not a bear, I would say anyway. But I almost think that could also, because it appears to have some pretty pointed ears, could be the Beast of Bray Road or, or a cryptid like that as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Bigfoot, but... Uh, that picture there, I kind of thought, was a, a very interesting photo. Very non-staged looking, 
you know, not a clear shot, got some trees in the way, definitely looks like it was kind of just whipped out a camera and took the shot as something was walking away, and if he was smart, he didn't follow it, uh, but then again, sometimes people aren't all that smart. So anyway, there we go with that one. I'll move on to the next one. This one is, uh, I don't know, maybe it's the next one after this. Yeah, this one here is actually off of a traffic camera. And I think this was Minnesota, might have been Michigan. But uh, the video, and you can go on YouTube and search for that, um, catches this animal going across on two feet, running across. This, uh, if off to the right-hand side of your screen there, you'll see the road down below which is what the camera's actually uh, looking at. And um, there's just a, a couple of big pine trees or, or some kind of tree there. And this thing just kind of hops up the hill, runs across it, man. So uh, interesting, another fully hairy creature now in the, the far north. So again, the territory of these things that would appear to be completely nationwide. So very interesting. And the last photo, excuse me, the last photo, uh, this is this one. And this is an infrared shot, and I know y'all are going to be like, wow, that's fake. This actually comes from the FBI. You can look that one up yourself. I'm going to take a sip of water while y'all look at that. What do y'all think of that thing? All right. Yeah, the road was off to the right, at Chris, on that last picture. And like I said, there's a, a video of it moving across, but... You know, show prep time here, I usually give myself about an hour and a half to, uh, you know, put together a show. You guys can't, <clears throat> some of you might know me a little bit outside of my YouTube life, but um, you can't imagine how much time I don't have in the day. <laughs> so to try to put these shows together is, is uh, usually a mad dash to the finish line. Today, of course, was no different. But I do do my best to find some, some kind of cool photographs to uh, share with you all tonight. Obviously, doing the radio show straight from the radio is so much easier. But it's less fun, man. I, I enjoy having the pictures to share with you all and getting your comments on this. But no one has anything to say about the very weird-looking, almost alien-esque, hairy uh, humanoid hanging out by the river. I mean, that to me, that was pretty wild. And the fact that that one actually came from FBI was, uh, was pretty darn interesting. I like that. That was pretty cool. So, uh, I don't know. I guess I'll move on from that. No one, no one seems to be interested in that one. <laughs> All right, we're moving on from Bigfoot. Uh, looking, yeah, what year? I think uh, 1971, Mike Cricket, that picture was taken. And see, Long saying it looks fake, and yet it came right from the FBI files. Take a look at that one. You'll have to, have to look that one up afterward. But the FBI has files on uh, Bigfoot. The FBI has files on everything, including you, NC Long. Just for saying that looks fake. That's definitely, you're on a list now. No, I'm messing with you guys. But uh, yeah, there it is, man. Dogman. Yeah, again, could be. Could be we're looking at uh, a werewolf. I don't know. It, again, it's not heavy. It's not heavy set and large like you see on the West Coast versions. This is more along the lines of an East Coast looking creature. But wow, pretty wild, huh? Yeah, Jason Kane saying he's going to comment on the baldish patches. Looks like it could be scabbies. It could be, yeah. This animal does not look healthy. I don't know if y'all can see my mouse on here. Probably not, but yeah, definitely doesn't look weird. Head shape is very strange as well. A very weird looking head on that one. Right on, all right. So let's move on to something more familiar to me, and I want to share a story when I pull it up. I have talked about it on the show before, but it has been a couple of years, and that is the skunk ape. The Florida skunk ape, East Coast, Southeast, we have our own kind of version of Bigfoot. 
And it is this thing. This photograph was taken by somebody who had called the police. They said, there's something in my backyard. Uh, police were on the way, and uh, she saw something kind of munching on the leaves. Went outside and snapped a shot. You can clearly see the flash. And holy cow, look at that thing. So here's my story. Uh, I saw this creature in uh, New England, in Connecticut, uh, when I was, I think, 8 or 9, maybe maybe 10 or 11. Uh, broad daylight. And, and I'm not talking about like, uh, I saw it at a thousand yards and it could have been this. Uh, I was, uh, I was living in a place and we had our relatives over. I had my cousin with me. We were up on a, a raised porch you know, the second floor had a porch overlooked the woods. I had all kinds of cool trails and forts and everything. I mean, this was the woods, the real woods. So you'd walk out in the woods and for kids my age, uh, you know, this was a previous Previous era in American history where parents just rang the old dinner bell when they wanted you to come back no matter how far away you were. So if it was a weekend or it was a nice day when I came home from school, I was out in the woods. And I had a BB gun and bow and arrow and that kind of stuff. And I lived in the woods, as all young guys did that those days. We, we were outdoorsy because we didn't have uh, the internet and we didn't have Atari and we didn't have all that stuff. So spent a lot of time in the woods. And uh, so it was a beautiful sunny day. We were having a family barbecue and... Uh, my cousin and I are up on the porch. Family's downstairs cooking or doing whatever. And we hear something. We hear something rustling through the leaves down at the bottom of the trail. You can see the, you can see the trail as you're looking down. It goes right across the whole property line. It comes from a swampy area, like a, you know, a real swampy pondy area. It was just overgrown. And went off uh, probably two or 300 uh, yards in each direction from our point of view. And then in the other direction, it would have been uh, a huge, huge boulder field. You know, just big rocks stacked up for a hill. Leftovers from the Ice Age. So we're sitting there, and I hear this dragging coming from the swamp side. My neighbor did have a dog, and so I thought, oh, the dog's got something, or the dog's hurt. You know, so we kind of looking down there, and uh, out from the brush, from the, from the peripherals, comes a gray-brown critter like this. About six foot tall, gray. As you can see, the muzzle on this thing is gray. This thing was definitely more gray than it was brown. And it was injured. It was dragging a leg. It was on two feet, but it was walking with one foot and kind of dragging the other foot with it. So it was moving quite uh, quite unusually. And, um, and so I was like, holy cow. And my cousin was like, holy cow. And I mean, this thing was clearer to see than what you're watching right there. That picture is, doesn't do it any justice. And uh, being young and, and uh, adventurous, grabbed the old BB gun, <laughs> grabbed the bow and arrow, and uh, that took about you know a minute to go run run inside, run down to the garage, grab those things, and then run outside and run down to the trail. And by this point, this thing had moved off to where it was no longer visible, but you could kind of still hear it. But the trail, the trail that I had cut down there. Uh, you could see the leaves had been pulled completely away, completely up uh, as this thing was dragging its feet. And so we followed the trail, followed it, followed it, followed it. Of course, we were a little nervous. Like, it was amazing the adrenaline rush and the excitement got you there quick into the woods. And then once you were down there and you realized that uh, what you might be coming across, a BB gun and a bow and arrow probably would not, <laughs> would not have dealt with, uh, then all of a sudden you kind of get a little nervous. But what we came up to was the rock ledge, the, those huge boulders, lots of cool caves. And not deep caves, but you know, 10, 15 foot deep caves where these rocks were just stacked on top of each other when the uh, glaciers melted off. 
stuff that I had adventured in many, many times before and built forts in and, you know, usually find snakes or raccoons or whatever in there, but you really wouldn't see anything larger than that normally. Well, it the trail ended there, so obviously whatever this thing was had climbed up it or was hiding in it, and um, that became more of a little bit, of, I think both of us got pretty spooked. And so we went up maybe two or three tiers in the rocks, and then we lost our confidence to go any further because every time you climbed up the rocks, you know, you were exposing yourself left or right uh, to, you know, a place where something could be hiding, and neither one of us really had the interest of getting our faces eaten off that day, so we called it a day. And I only lived at that place for, you know, less than a year. Um, but I, I, every time I was out in the woods, I was looking for it again. Never saw it, never heard it. And I spent every day, I camped out there. Uh, on the summertime, if it wasn't raining, I was camping out. So, I mean, it was, I had my little orange pup tent and I, I lived out there. And we had a tree fort out there, a platform tent. So I, sometimes I'd sleep up there, put my tent on the, you know, up on the tree fort and sleep out there. But I lived in those woods. And never saw it again. But uh, whatever I saw that day, it was not a, uh, it was not a dog, it was not a deer, it was not uh, anything that should have been in, in the New England woods. It, and so I think what I saw was something very similar to what you're all taking a look at right there on the screen. And I have some other photos of it. This one just struck me. The first time I saw this had to be in the early 2000s. I think I just got on the internet and and was looking for something like that. And I was like, holy cow. Yeah, that's that's it, you know. All the years I'd seen Bigfoot photos and was like, it didn't really look like a Bigfoot, you know, but it's kind of like a Bigfoot. This, hunched over and everything, just like it. Pretty wild stuff. Anyway, that's the story I wanted to share with you, and um, here's another picture of it here. This is it up close, so you can get a better look. And again, you know, for those of you who are like, oh, it's uh well, this would have been before Photoshop, obviously, but for those thinking, that's ah, a it's a... Uh, costume right and a lot of people saying you might want to purposely fake a video or a picture like this which is certainly possible man but take a look at the teeth you know most costumes are not going to have a good set of choppers on it like that they're, you know they're, the mask is going to be a giveaway that literally looks like animalistic teeth and uh, the hair sits very well i mean obviously it's not a perfect picture because of the flash lighting the leaves instead of the critter the eyes glow like a, a real set of eyeballs would do. So if it's a mask, that's a pretty impressive one. Um, yeah, pretty wild, though. Uh, uh, Jordan B. saying, yeah, that's that's indeed creepy looking. I'd say so, right? Uh, Jason Kane, skunk ape was never far off from me. I always see the dark-haired orangutan. Yeah, you know, it's like another version of an ape, but a North American ape, perhaps, some... Some chain, some tree that split that we just haven't discovered yet. I think someday we will. 741 says, I thought I saw something like that once here in Connecticut, but only caught a glimpse. Really? Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, very interesting. Yeah, this, you know, and there's a lot of rich history in Connecticut about, uh, you know, the Indians uh, had, had stories of their own. And and some of the stories I'm going to be sharing with you later on also involved a place in Connecticut that I was at that same year. Um, that were pretty wild. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, eye glow in the flash, yeah, right? And Jordan B. saying, wonder if skeleton remains have ever been found of these cryptids. Now that I am aware of, and Jordan B., there actually is an interesting explanation of that. Watching some show, the one year I had cable, <laughs> it's just been got to be a decade ago, 
it was kind of like a show that they were looking for these animals in the woods. And they said, why haven't we found, uh, uh, you know, the corpse of one of these things? And so somebody had, gosh, a little gruesome to talk about, to be honest with you, but somebody had taken a uh, roadkill, you know, some, a deer that had been hit by a car. And they staked this thing down in the woods um, so that it couldn't be carried off by, uh, you, know, car, you know, scrappers, you know, whatever critters might come around and eat off of it. But they staked it down so it wouldn't go, and they put a time-lapse camera, or three, I think it was actually, on this thing. And it was no time at all before it was basically nothing left to find, you know. The bones get scattered uh, by the little things once the big things come in and eat the, the big stuff off of it. And they, you know, the insects take care of the rest. So, you know, you would think maybe a skull would be have been found, and I agree it is unusual. But if we're looking at an animal that's so rare that they're, you know, maybe one per hundred miles, well, let me put it this way. I, you know, there's a... a bobcats and mountain lions in the area I live right now. I've spent a lot of time in the woods here. I've never seen any kind of animal fragment from either one of those. So they're out there, but it's not something that you just commonly come across, I think. Now, uh, uh, Daniel is saying uh, these things live underground. Entirely possible. Could be cave-dwelling animals. In the case of the one that I saw, again, we were right up against major uh, small cave structures. But what's to say that as a teenager, as a, as a child, a preteen, that I didn't um, that I didn't notice a full size cave in those rocks. I mean, I didn't spend every inch of that. That those rock uh, ledges were all around within miles and miles. I I used to hike miles in those woods, no trails, just bushwhacking it, and uh, come across all kinds of cool natural uh, post ice age structures that have been left behind when those boulders being dragged by those uh, you know glaciers just made their own huts and stuff so there's probably plenty of places that could have housed large enough rooms to house something like this or a whole family of them whatnot very interesting and of course here in north carolina we have bear there they hibernate in caves and yet on my property i see bear all the time but i don't think i've ever come across a cave so they're around right <laughs> uh yeah chris severin is saying that's from florida yes it is yeah i think it was from florida and uh, that's what I, when I saw that and thought, oh, that's Florida. And they're saying it's like a southern thing. But I saw that all the way up on the, you know, the northeastern part of the uh, country. So that just kind of makes it even more interesting. That I, my theory is that these animals or variations of these animals are east coast and maybe north specific and then maybe west coast specific, where you have the full size uh, larger Bigfoots on the west coast and the skunk ape style on the east coast um and probably something totally dissimilar in the north north where the cold weather is so. uh hnx media saying bridgewater triangle in massachusetts is a hotbed for this type of thing and uh, george you saw that show what are the odds of that dude that's crazy because yeah, that's you know how obscure <laughs> yeah uh harry and the henderson's quote ever see a baby pigeon right you know there's a lot of things that we don't see that exist that we don't think twice about. So I, I think it's not that far-fetched to think, well, we haven't seen a body because we just haven't seen a body. Uh, uh, with the strength of these things, they could have boulder-type entrances to underground layers. Yeah, you're talking about where they could actually move stuff to get in and out of. Entirely possible, yeah. Which may also explain some of the 411 stuff. If, if these things are carnivorous and they, uh, you know, snag a human every now and again, the reason we never find any parts of the humans is because they've been dragged to an underground layer to be, you know, eaten later on. So it's kind of harsh to think about that, but I suppose it's possible. Here's another photo of one taken down in Florida as well in the Everglades, and this one's moving. Clearly not uh, a bear. 
uh, on his hind feet, walking, looks ape-like to me. So again, some kind of offshoot perhaps. So I won't spend a whole lot more time on it because uh, I do need to wrap this up here about 8.30, 8.45. We're going about, uh, <clears throat> that's a full two hours. It's amazing how time flies here on the Midnight Cafe, isn't it? So uh, we're already at 8 o'clock. Man, it's crazy. I was going to go watch Sven Gulli. I hope you all realize the dedication that it requires for me to stay here for the extra half hour because the uh, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms is on tonight, and that's a classic Ray Harryhausen flick. Anyway, going to turn that one off here. Last one of the Skunk Apes. Uh, this one's really, really kind of blurry. Uh, taken from a highway, many witnesses. That last shot, Chris Severin, right on, dude. Good. Thank you for the uh, thank you for the info on that. And this photo, just another swamp, swampy. Well, not I don't know if it's swampy, but you know, flat area in Florida. Definitely got the palm trees. And again, this a little harder. This could be a lot of things, but just wanted to throw it in there as I found that. And uh, yeah, so that's the end of the skunk ape story. And now I want to go to the next one. And I'm hoping that 741, you might have some stories on this one. Um, and this is the. It has to do with like the Devil's Triangle. Um, a lot of places on the East Coast, and I'm, I apologize if I'm not familiar with this being a West Coast phenomenon as well, have something that talks about the Devil's Triangle, the Devil's Den, the Devil's Glen, the Devil's Circle, uh, you know, the Devil's whatever. And most of them involve a goat man, uh, you know, the Devil, pretty much is what we're looking at. And again, that area in Connecticut that I lived for that short amount of time um, had a devil's uh, glen or devil's den or something to do with the devil. <clears throat> and the story there locally was that in this area, which was a nature preserve, which is interesting as well when we think about the missing 411, that most of these missing cases go from areas that are state or federal parks. Here was a state park, I guess it was, that had the devil's glen or devil's den. And it had a story of a man slash goat, a uh, hooved uh, human. And uh, that was a dangerous thing that killed settlers that was, you know, ran rampant back in the day. And so the goat man story really stuck with my head as a young man. And I, and I didn't know about this story until after my sighting with the skunk ape. I had, you know, seen that and I kind of did some research, which back then meant going to the local library and uh, so I went to the local library and, you know, looked for books. I can remember the female librarian that was there. And, and of course, gosh, it was such a different era in history. H asked me all kinds of questions and helped me find books on the subject. And, you know, talked to me about the history. And when she couldn't think of it, she found uh, microfiche. And we looked up old newspaper articles from, you know, when the town was, was fresh and new and, and stories about this stuff. So... We spent a whole day, I mean, it was right out of a, a movie, uh, looking up this stuff, but the goat man, you know, the devil's den, the devil's glen, the devil's triangle, the devil's circle, uh, pretty much everywhere you look in uh, East Coast uh, lore, you're going to see stories that involve the devil and, um, and a creature, a horned beast, uh, an, a hoofed animal that is half man and half, half goat. So I love to hear if any of you have any uh, of your own stories from your locale about this. But um, I wondered, after doing all this research, if the animal that I saw could possibly have been what would have been referred to as the goat man. W did I see the devil? You know, or what 
the people uh, you know that settled that area thought was the devil back then. Uh, you know, imaginations can go wild. So maybe somebody saw a creature that didn't fit anything that they had seen before, and they gave it, you know, maybe some extra things that it didn't really actually have. Maybe they imagined the horns. Maybe they imagined the hooves. Um, I mean, this thing definitely had fur that would remind me of a goat. You know, that kind of scraggly, grayish, you know, hair. So certainly, certainly could have been, right? So uh, Barney's saying same here with Sven. I understand, Barney, if y'all got to go, you got to go, right? <laughs> I don't blame you. My show is not that exciting. <laughs> Chris Severn says the Missing 411 mentions that many disappear with ominous names like the Devil Mountain, Peak Pass, etc. Yeah, exactly, right? Locations, yeah. So uh, uh, very, very true, right? These uh, that we you can't help but wonder: Are these names that are given in our historical past here in the United States given by people who had encounters with these things and were like, "Dude, don't go up on that hill. Don't go up there. There's some crazy goat man up there. It'll rip you to shreds." Uh, or they just knew that bad things happened. What if, whether it was goat man or not, uh, what was going on up there? What was what was happening? Here's a rendition of one from a book uh, at the turn of the uh, 19th century. Look at this thing, dude. It's crazy. HNX Media saying many places with the name of Fayetteville or derivatives of have paranormal phenomenon. Fayette happens to derive from the term little fairy. No kidding. I had no idea. I had no idea. Very interesting. Jordan B. saying I live at the base of Mount Baldy here in SoCal, and the mountain ridge is called the Devil's Backbone. Yeah, so I would imagine bad stuff happens up there. I bet you some of those missing 411 folks are probably uh, disappeared right there on that hill, right? My Cricket, the Jersey Devil. Pine Barrens are scary as they are without the Jersey Devil, right? Yeah, man. So the Jersey Devil is a, is a you know, it's a thing. Got Sven muted in the background. Ah, man, I hate that I'm cutting into everyone's Sven time tonight, man. And I should push this uh, show back to 6 o'clock. I, I try to actually do an hour and a half show. So here's some radio thing stuff that you'll never realize is real. Uh, the Midnight Cafe is supposed to run an hour and a half because that gives the local uh, stations that carry it time for bumpers, time for news, time for station identification, and time for their own commercials. That bumps it out to two hours. So anytime I go along, uh, that messes with everybody else's stuff. A lot of them just literally cut the feed when, when they need to go to those things because I don't do station breaks the way I'm supposed to. But a lot of times uh, people rebroadcast this stuff. They'll cut it up the way they need it to be. But there's some information you may never have realized. <laughs> All right, let's see here. I'm going to take another picture here to get that one off. Goatman. This one we showed... Uh, this one we showed... In, uh, in the trail cam photo, and people were fairly well uh, convinced me that this is actually, and I do see a body in this picture, or it looks like a body, that this is actually from like a haunted house thing. But boy, what a great picture. And this one brought up that conversation of, um, if you saw this, if this was a real photo, my guess is no one would ever believe it because it's just too darn good, you know? But uh, that is a scary picture. Whoever made that costume, Excellent work. <laughs> that is an excellent, excellent picture there. I want to share that again because it was good enough. And, and here's another artist rendition of the Goat Man. I think that was just cool, cool artist uh, rendition of it. All right, unfortunately, I'm going to skip over the sea creatures, and we're going to move on to the Chupacabra. And Jordan B., you were talking about Chupacabras. Uh, let me go ahead and get rid of that picture there. <clears throat> 
Chupacabra. So Jordan B, you said you uh, you may have seen something like this, but it turned out to be a uh, hairless dog. And if we look at this animal, you're not too far off. You know, this is a, I mean, it's like a three-dimensional artist rendition. It's obviously not a painting. It's obviously not real, but it's, I guess, the closest that somebody could come up with um, for what we were looking at. And, and so this is what a lot of the photographs I was able to find of the Chupacabra did look like a hairless dog, did look similar to this, where... We have a, a dog-like creature, although the claws appear to be slightly longer. This one has some spines, although some of the pictures don't show any spines sticking out of their back like that. It just looks like an angry, hairless dog, right? But the Chupacabra, fairly well known in the southeast and down in uh, Mexico and probably other parts of South America as well. It's just pretty darn scary-looking critter. He's just... Uh, He's ugly, so I don't know if any of y'all are down in the southwest here, um, but uh, if you got a story you want to share with on that, by the way, the lines are open. The lines are open if you want to listen, uh, you know, want to call in, and you're welcome to do so. Also, if you wouldn't mind, love to have you uh, give the old uh, like button a smash there, just so uh, YouTube knows that this show is, is decent. It's, you know, it's family friendly, but it's fun, and it talks about some pretty cool stuff that you probably don't hear too much on other stations, man, so, uh, yeah. So there's that. That's an artist rendition. Let me go ahead and show you a genuine photograph. Oh, there's another. This is the other version. I want to bring this up because this was kind of weird. So some of the people that refer to the sightings of a chupacabra refer to a two-legged, tailed, lizard-like creature that sucks the blood out of animals. And those renditions are of this. And, and, like, you can see this picture. This thing's pretty horrific looking as it comes up on here. This is like Lizard Man. It's like if there's if the last one we saw was, uh, you know, half goat, half man, this is like half lizard, half man, and all scary. <laughs> Jason Kane says, Slee Stack, no doubt, right? Kind of looks like that. And the next picture that it's an artist rendition that I got um, of this style of Chupacabra is even more amazing to me because it's like, it's really lizard-like, and uh, and so, you know, I have heard some of the signs. I remember listening to some Art Bell episodes that covered the Chupacabra, and, um, and, and there were some pretty interesting stories that revolved around the lizard creature-type version instead of that dog-like creature, so very interesting. And see, long saying, I was told there were Chupacabras around southwest New Mexico when I was a kid. Yeah, and, you know, as a child, uh, probably in the... A weight and height size that something like this might be able to take a bite out of all right let me pull up the next one this yeah here's the other one um that gives me that yeah chris saying the same land of lost lee stack stuff here's the other photo uh or not photo but artist rendition of the chupacabra based on what people say they saw now look at this thing what the heck are we looking at because this yeah you look at uh you look at the uh, skunk ape, you look at Bigfoot, and you think to yourself, okay, you know, that, that's an offshoot of something that we know. You know. Maybe it's an orangutan, maybe it's an ape, maybe it's a, you know, an evolved version of a, uh, <laughs> you know, of a humanoid that just split off the family tree, so to say. But this and that last picture, pff, they don't look like anything I've ever come across in nature. I mean, that thing's pretty darn ugly certainly is dangerous looking and i really hope that whoever it was that you know came up with this rendition here was straight up lying about it because this doesn't look like anything that should be on earth or that ever walked on earth 
this looks perhaps alien in nature, and it's quite possible that it is. It, it could be creatures that, you know, hunt here. Who knows? But I uh, wanted to throw that one in there. thought that was pretty cool. And here is a photograph of a chupacabra or uh, someone who claims they captured a chupacabra. And again, uh, Jordan B., um, this probably being what you saw, I would say, you're thinking that's just a hairless dog. Uh, and I don't know what it is. Obviously, it, it got it's a, it's a good capture. It doesn't look fake. But it is so blurry, it's so hard to say. Are we looking at, you know, a hairless uh, dog? Are we looking at maybe a deformed deer or something like that? I mean, there's a lot of things that could be. I will say it doesn't look all that dangerous. It just looks like a, you know, a dog-like creature. Of course, if we're looking at livestock, uh, then it probably is dangerous because a dog is dangerous to livestock, right? Jordan B. saying, yep, that's what we saw in Peru. Right on. Okay, so yeah, that's... That's it. So we might be looking at a breed of hairless dogs here, but uh, I did want to throw that in there because it was the only picture of, um, you know, of a of one that was real. The rest of them were artist renditions, man. HNX Media says, keep in mind, humans were not meant to evolve. Dinosaurs were. That asteroid changed everything. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, okay, let me get rid of that one. This is this is weird. Okay, so this one I had never heard of. Never heard of this. Um, I'm calling this the Devil's Den Monster. And here's a genuine photo of it. To me, it looks very dog-like, except for the tail, which looks rat-like. And it has horns like a like a deer might have. Now, this photograph, there's two or three of them of the same creature that somebody photographed in a Devil's Den, Devil's Glen, Devil's Triangle type area. And I had no idea what I was looking at. I thought, well, Photoshop, nah, maybe not Photoshop. Maybe somebody was playing a joke. Maybe it was like a Halloween costume for a dog, right? The face is somewhat dog-like, but not genuinely dog-like. Yeah, a little German Shepherd-esque to it, but the, the hair is more just straight mutt, you know? I mean, it's just kind of a little everything. An interesting creature. Yeah, jackalope, Chris Zephyr says. Yeah, right, and there are some animals that have been put together, you know, once, once stuffed. But this thing here was just cruising around. Let me get rid of that one. I'll show you the next one. Here it is from behind. So again, like if we're if we're looking at uh, you know a stuffed animal or whatever, this this is now moved positions, moved its face. I believe it is a real thing. You can see, you can see it size wise a little hard. You can look at the leaves and get an idea that it, I would put it at a size somewhat like a mid sized dog. But you know this is quite possibly an animal that lives here in the United States that just hasn't ever been documented before. Similar in size to a coyote. Uh, possibly just as dangerous as a coyote. Smaller than a wolf, I would say. But uh, interesting, huh? Devil's Den Monster is what I came up with. And even more interesting was that I was able to find a reference to it in a book, and I was able to get a artist's rendition of what they were talking about this being 100 years ago or 150 years ago. So let me go ahead and pull that. A little more frightening, right? The Ozark Howler. Yep, that's right. Check it out. Here is uh, here is what this is what I talk about with exaggerations, right? So like when we talk about the Jersey Devil, we talk about the Devil's Den, that kind of stuff, the half half wolf, half man, whatever. A lot of times, especially uh, you know, a hundred years ago, when when there wasn't a whole lot of interaction with people outside of your clan, so to speak, the uh, these stories might have gotten a little embellished. So someone may have seen the critter we just saw, which was kind of like a 
cute, friendly, half-sized version of a German Shepherd with horns, and said this thing was crazy. It was like a giant, glowing, red-eyed bear with huge horns and massive claws, and it tried to kill me. But luckily, I was able to run away. And so we end up with a picture like this, the Jersey Howler. So check that out. Isn't that interesting how we go from that picture there, and I'm going to go back to the original, to this right here. And we very well could be talking about the very same animal, the Ozark Howler. Isn't that interesting, huh? Uh, Mike Cricket saying, it's funny that creatures are always found or by themselves, never a herd or a pack. Well, and I think that probably helps them stay so isolated from us so they haven't been discovered because a solitary creature that hunts privately, that lives a solitary life, like that animal is certainly not an alpha in the in the food chain, you know. Uh, I, I mean, I can't imagine, unless it's a baby. But uh, that animal probably survives as an omnivore, probably is a opportunist hunter. And I would say the size of that creature from the looks of the leaves around it we're looking at an animal that maybe eats, you know, mice and rats and, and squirrels and chipmunks and stuff like that. Maybe a rabbit, but that does not look like an animal designed to take down deer. Um, and it may have developed those horns as a defensive mechanism because it's not much of a predator. And it is in competition against things like uh, wolves and, and coyotes and, and whatnot. And so it needed to have a leg up. But I think that that is why. If these things were pack hunters, we probably know about them because you'd see a lot more of them, because they'd be far more successful. So imagine if you're not a successful hunter and you're just hanging by a thread. And so the numbers of these might be less than 100 worldwide, for all we know. Uh, and that may explain why we don't see many of them. But, I mean, somebody saw it. Somebody saw, <laughs> somebody saw this one and, like, it didn't even seem to take off. Look at it. It's almost looking right at the camera, like, oh, what do you want? So uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, so I'm going to move on from that one. And, uh, well, what do you know? Holy cow, we actually did make it through. <laughs> right on. Well, guess what? I think, I think I'm going to wrap it up. I think we'll skip the missing 411. Uh, other than, I'm just going to pull this picture up and give you some thoughts to think about. So all the critters we have seen tonight, these were land-based animals here in the United States of America. And this right here, all these little dots you're seeing on the board, those are missing people. Those are clusters of people who have disappeared around America. 1,600 in national parks since they started keeping records of that. 1,600 people who went for a hike. Most of these were very skilled. It's not all of them. And then they just disappeared. Most of those 1,600 people have never been found. No record of them have ever been found. They just disappear. And are any of the animals we have looked at tonight uh, you know, part of that? Are they part of the reason why this has happened? Are they are they being taken by Bigfoot? Are they being eaten by chupacabras? Are they being killed by giant uh, uh, thunderbirds? You know what what is taking these animals? We'll look at that another week, uh, but tonight I think we're going to call it a night. None in Texas, yeah, isn't that interesting? And it, I mean, yeah, you look right through the center there, right through the pretty wild, isn't it? But boy, look at California there, holy cow, pretty wild. And I was surprised to see, uh, you know, I live in the mountains of North Carolina. I was surprised to see that the Great Smoky Mountains is a big hot spot. Not more than 20 miles or 30 miles from where I'm at is the beginning of a large swath of missing people reports. So, uh, you know, there's along the eastern seaboard, plenty, plenty along that Appalachian Trail, right? They just never come back. Pretty wild, isn't it, folks? <laughs> 
Guys and gals, it has been a great episode. This is episode nine of our 21st year on the air. I hope everyone had a great time. Congratulations again to Keith Walker. I'm going to uh, shoot a quick picture off and let him know on the other channel before I call it a night and go watch Sven Gulli myself. And thank you to all of you who entered. I wish I could give you all your own FM radio station to start your own change in this world. If you would be so kind, perhaps you would want to shoot me a comment on the other uh, page. I'll put a post up there. And let me know what next topic you'd like to talk about. I think we'll probably do one more show before the end of the year and round this uh, this season of the Midnight Cafe out with 10. Well, actually, we started off uh, earlier in the year, but I started the official third season here on YouTube in, uh, oh gosh, I think we started in uh, June, didn't we? So that's it. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you. I'm going to go ahead and play a little song on the way out. You guys continue to talk. I'll answer some uh, texts here if you want me to. Those listening on the radio, enjoy it. You'll hopefully find the Midnight Cafe again. And uh, thank you. Thank each and every one of you for coming and part of, being a part of the show tonight. Take care. <laughs>